All right, welcome back, everyone, to Talk to Tatiana Show. And today with me, I have Rocky Lalvani. Welcome, Rocky. It's so awesome to have you here. And it's awesome to be here with you today, Tatiana. Great. So, Rocky, tell us a little bit about um, your story, your your journey, and um, where you are now, and kind of uh, what 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 your journey has been. You know, both in life and in your in what you do today. So I'm an immigrant to the United States. My parents came here when I was very young, and they were essentially starting over for the second time in life. And when they came to the U.S., because of currency restrictions back then, they essentially started with $25. So we were on the wrong side of the tracks. But within a very short period of time, they and the the other friends and so forth who had also immigrated here around the same time were able to quickly go up the economic ladder and build success. And one of the things I remember as a kid is they would all get together and they would talk about life and they would talk about money and they would talk about how they were doing different things and how they were surviving and thriving. So conversations around money were normal in our household. And at some point as a kid, I decided I wanted to be a millionaire. I don't know where that came from. Um, but maybe we all have it, right? But I actually went out and, and learned the steps and started doing the math and figuring out compounding and learning about stock markets and all those types of things. And I just went out and, and just took action and started building wealth a, a little bit at a time. And I would always look around and I'm like, why aren't there more wealthy people? Like, what's the problem? What's going on in, in the world? And I realized that most people are not taught money. So I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. I have an MBA. Neither of those taught me how to build wealth, right? Those principles in school, we don't teach money. And it's absurd to think that we go through 17 years plus of education to get a job, to make money, but nobody talks about the money. Yeah, it's totally kind of an elephant in the room. Uh, um, and it's, you know, people feel awkward and, and weird talking about money. Um, and I think that it should be normalized. I mean, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, money is a tool and we need to remove the emotions from it. But I think too often as kids, we're many times given the wrong messages. So you might be told that rich people are evil or that uh, money doesn't grow on trees or that's too expensive or we can't afford that. You're constantly planting these seeds of, they're not abundant seeds, right? They're, they're, they're holding people back. And if we as adults don't go back and examine our programming and say, where did these beliefs come from and are they true, then we're going to be stuck as an adult. We're, we're behaving in that way. And, and you need to change those mindsets to serve you better. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and so where, where, so where are you now kind of what, just to give our audience a little bit of a background of what you do and how you help people, how do you, how you work with people and kind of how that ties back into where you came from in a sense, you know, in a sense of talking about money and dealing with money. So I always wanted to be in the money space and 
help people with money. The problem was for most of my life when I was looking around to see what was out there, most of the things that I saw were just not good. You look at what most financial planners and stuff do, and I just I couldn't ethically sell those products because the only people getting rich were the financial planners, not the the people that you were supposed to be helping. So I stayed out of that place, right? And then finally I get to the point where, okay, I've built my wealth. What do I really want to do with my life? And I got back into looking at the financial space. I learned about financial coaching and I realized this is what I could do. And so I spent time just kind of helping people. And then at some point I was given the aha that business owners aren't looking at their financials. And I'm like, what what do you mean business people don't understand the business of business? I was like, this is absurd. And I think a lot of that actually, part of that really got cemented when I read Profit First. Someone had introduced me to them. And once I started realizing that, I was like, oh, these are my natural gifts. When I look at Excel sheets and P&Ls, they tell me stories. Like I can just look at them and go, oh, there's the problem. There's the problem. There's the problem. Or, hey, look, there's the profit. There's the profit. There's the profit. And so now I help business owners and I, I help them make better decisions, spend less money, and find ways to ensure that their business is always profitable and that they are rewarded for the work and the efforts and the risks that they take. Yeah, that's that's uh, terrific. And I mean, I'm also a profit first professional, so I can relate. And um, for for our audience, just to just to kind of um, uh, give a little bit of a background, Profit First is a book by Mike Michalowicz and also a cash management system that basically works around your habits, not against them, uh, or works with your habits, not against them, rather. Um, so just to give a little bit of a background, because not everybody's familiar with what Profit First is, um, both of uh, you and I are uh, are very um, familiar with, with what it is. But what have you noticed kind of as you started working with, uh, with people? I mean, besides the fact that they don't look at their reports and they don't um, <laughs> uh, understand the business of business, uh, what other kind of commonalities or common things that you've found uh, as you started working and growing this side of your business? I think the number one thing is that business owners spend too much money, number one. Uh, they don't have accountability for it, right? And and they don't take the time to look at the returns on their investments. Most business owners will look at their bank account. Somebody comes to them with a great idea. And, you know, as business owners, we love to follow all the shiny objects. And, and you know, oh, oh, there's a great idea. It's $10,000. Do I have $10,000? Oh, yes, I do. Let's buy that, you know? And then, and then they don't do anything because they get busy with, their routine business, and they're not intentional in making those decisions. And so helping them to say no is a big part of what I do. I give them permission that you don't have to do this. The other problem is most of the entrepreneurs, it's a lonely world. It's hard to find somebody to talk to about the business side of business because your family members may not understand it. And Everyone around you is looking for you to buy something from them. So how do you get trustworthy advice that's good? Now, I'm married to an accountant. She's a CPA. She's not the reason we're wealthy. (laughs) 
and and I say that because I think people think that CPAs are experts in building wealth. What they're experts in is doing taxes, right? They're experts at putting the numbers where they belong on spreadsheets, but they're not experts at reading the tea leaves in those numbers. And so I think a lot of times business owners expect somebody else to do something for them, but they haven't communicated that clearly. I totally agree. And and interestingly enough, um, one client of mine for whom I do, well, it's, it's one of my biggest and really coolest clients, um, coolest because he's a top-notch CEO and small business CEO, but he's a phenomenal business manager. And um, he once told me, Tatiana, accountants don't start businesses. Visionaries do. <laughs> And that is a great line. Can I steal that? <laughs> sure, sure. As long as I get a credit. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, and so, you know what? That's an interesting thing. And I don't think people realize this. And I actually learned about this through uh, some courses I was taking on Myers-Briggs personality types. So there are visionaries. Here's the problem. Visionaries don't like details. Yeah. Every visionary needs an operational person behind them who loves details and and can call the visionary out. <laughs> because that's an important thing. The visionary's got a hundred ideas. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Number one, we can't do a hundred things. Which is the one thing that offers us the best opportunity, the most profit, and is executable. So let's test try and figure that out. I think if you're a visionary, you need an operation, you need a great operations person behind you. And if you can get that combination, when you have that visionary implementer, you are guaranteed success. But if you don't, you struggle. And I think that's a a, a major point that people need to understand. Yeah. I mean, I uh, don't think don't think that you always need to have another person. Um, this specific client that I mentioned, he actually over the years has learned to be both. And because of that, he's unstoppable. He's just I mean, he's his business has, you know, has been. I mean, everyone got scared in March, right? Um, when when pandemic started, but uh, he like he's approach his business is doing much better even though his business in general it's a it's a clothing you know re- um, retail wholesale of, of clothing a clothing brand he produces and, and sells his own brand of clothing but that that side of that industry has got hit also pretty hard not as hard as like the hospitality industry or travel but still pretty hard and yet he was able to make lemonade out of lemons and it's his best year yet which is Amazing. <laughs> well, that's because he's a visionary and his implementer, so to speak, is you behind the scenes looking at the numbers, right? Actually, both of us do. So um, he looks at the numbers more often than I do. I just help him kind of course correct and work with him to, um, to, to he runs the decisions by his decisions by me when it comes to money. But he has gotten to a point where he's extremely aware of everything that happens, every decision he makes is numbers based. Um, 
I just do the kind of the compliance and uh, provide like a sounding board um, train, not training service. Uh, but he's he's become a combination of a visionary and an implementer, which is very interesting. That is very interesting. Most people aren't aren't great at both, <laughs> but yeah, it, that's sure. a skill set to learn. I agree. I think that you can learn. It's just, I think it all, I don't know if you agree, but um, it starts with the mindset. So many people kind of are ostriches and they just stick their head in the sand and just think that the money part is going to happen on its own. Uh, but <laughs> the mindset shift where they have to actually turn their face towards the numbers and kind of embrace the money aspect of, of a business as an important one and be eager to learn. I think that's where it starts. Do you agree? Very much so. Like when you understand the business of business, life is easy. When you don't, it's very difficult. <laughs> and it sounds like he's started to understand the business of business. And it's a skill in, if you get over the emotions of it, the math is pretty easy. It's just that nobody does the math. Totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> it's, and it's, and it's too bad. Um, and it's too bad. And where do you think, I mean, your experience, I mean, you work more with clients like, like my client. Um, I work with a few clients like that. Um, where do you feel that transformation should start? Like what's the first step uh, for people? I think the first step is awareness and acknowledging that you have a problem. It's like anything else, right? You have to acknowledge the problem and say, hey, this is a problem I have, but I'm going to do something about it. And then you start learning, like, what are the principles of how to do this? And the principles of money are not very difficult. They're they're pretty simple. Uh, you know, it, it, business is really not that difficult. The The top line is your revenue, right? So you can look at your revenue and say, do I have enough revenue? Yes or no. If I want to make $100,000 this year, and my revenue is $50,000. Well, that's a revenue problem. So I, I need to figure out how to sell more. The second thing you need to figure out is what is it costing me to deliver my goods and services or whatever it is? What's the bottom line? And the bigger you can create a gap between what's coming in and what's going out, the bigger the gap, the more profitable you are, the, the wealthier you become. And so it's just pushing the top line up and pushing the bottom line down appropriately, not making sometimes you, you can cut certain costs too much, especially when it comes to people or quality. So it's appropriately cutting spending and it's appropriately growing revenue that's profitable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good starting point. Um, and you said that as we kind of uh, talked a little, a little bit before, you know, we started with the record button, you mentioned something that um, you were amazed at how but how many business owners don't look at their reports at all? Have you been able to figure out a way or find a way to make that less intimidating for clients? So I tend to look at their reports and what I do is I bring them information in a way they can understand. See, business owners are really smart. 
they get it. The problem is the reports are designed for accountants and regulators. They don't tell you what you really need to know. And so by helping them understand what they really need to know, especially if you can put it in pictures or you can just explain it simply, they get it and then they know how to fix it. And so I think the more that they work with somebody or they learn how to do this and they figure out what what's actually going on, the easier it is. So what I tell a lot of business owners is if you don't want like if you can't afford somebody like us or you don't want to work with somebody like us, you're in charge. Go tell your bookkeeper or accountant to deliver the numbers in a way that makes sense to you and to explain them and to provide certain reports in a way that makes sense to you. And I think that's just the biggest thing is once you understand the language, it's easy. But first, we have to understand the language. And so that's going to take time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if someone someone is listening and they are looking to, um, well, first of all, actually, let me back up, back up for a second. Um, how do you, well, first of all, who's the ideal client for your business? I tend to work with business owners who are half a million to five million in revenue. So they know how to generate revenue, but they're not big enough to have somebody sit in the role of finances within their company on a, on a full-time basis. And so I, I cover that space that it's kind of no man's land because it's very hard for those business owners to get help that, that truly is worthwhile to them. Yeah, I agree. And um, where do you start kind of what's the first step that they need to to make to to make your relationship with them a success so usually where i start even before they become a client of mine i ask to see their accounting system so if they're you know on quickbooks or whatever they give me access to their account or they send me last year's tax return and again when i look at a tax return or or a financial statement all of a sudden stories start appearing to me and I start seeing things. So I can always tell you, show me somebody's bank account and calendar and I can tell you about that person, right? You can, you know who they are by their actions and their money flow. And so usually once I look at that, I, the first thing I ask myself is, can I help this client? And there are some clients, like I, I've got a client call, I think it's next week where I'm going to tell the client, you are doing they're not my client yet. There's somebody who wants to just chat with me. The answer to him is you are doing phenomenal. I cannot help you be more profitable because you are already super profitable. He's got massive margins. And I'm going to be like, there are certain things I see within your business that I can help you with. And if you want to chat about that, I'm happy to, but I already know what his big problem is. And I'm going to tell him on the call. And then it's like, if you want me to help you solve it, great. But if you want to go solve it yourself, go solve it yourself. I built my wealth. I do this because I love it, right? So the client's got to be a perfect fit for me. And they want to have to, they really want to work with me. If they don't want to work with me and this is a fight, we're out. Like, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks. I I do this because I love it. And I only work with a handful of people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's the right fit is important. And, you know, I've had a client experience where, um, on the surface, she wanted to 
change. She wanted not change herself, but make a change, experience a change in her business and her life. But she wasn't ready to do any of the hard work. She wasn't ready to see that her, you know, business was broken. And so I had to, I had to really let go of, of her as a client, unfortunately. But that's, I think it's more common than, um, than, than you, th- than we think that people think, um, you know, clients who just think that somebody else will solve their money problem. I will tell you, and this, this drives me up the wall, <laughs> 95 to 97% of people don't take action. They don't do the hard work and they struggle. And that's why they don't have the success that they want in life. And I've got to tell you, the difference between the one and 3% and the rest of them, it isn't, there's no big, massive difference. It's little teeny things that you can do differently that change life dramatically. And it's taking those little steps one at a time, day by day that you can dramatically change your life over over years. See, everyone wants a pillar in overnight success, right? I want to lose weight. Do you have a pill? Do you have surgery? Nobody wants to hear the answer, which is go to the gym and lift weights, right? They don't like that answer. <laughs> um, but that's the answer that's going to give you the long-term success. And most people just don't want to do the work. Yeah. And how? so how do we how do we overcome this as advisors and how do we, what would be the first step for someone listening to the podcast to start to be different, to start overcoming that, that hurdle? Because sometimes it just, maybe the hurdle seems to be a little too big and too intimidating, whatever the reason is. And maybe we're just lazy, whatever the reason is. (laughs) Um, Where do you think, what would be the first step for someone who found themselves in this position? The first step is decide what you want out of life. Once you decide what you want and where you're going, the steps just fall into place. It becomes super easy. But most people have no idea where they're going, right? Once you pick your target and say, this is what I want, then you can start to ask yourself questions every day. Is this moving me in the direction I want to go? What do I need to learn next to move towards that direction? And when you start telling the universe, hey, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, and this is what I want, when people come to you, you can say, are you taking me this direction? Yes or no? Yes. How do you help me? How do I take that next step? Like, think doors just start opening up and things start happening. This is not Though, like, oh, I just dream about it. You take action. You tell the world. You show up and you do the work every day. And you're going to fail. You just get back up and you do it again. Failure is a routine part of life. It teaches you lessons. Failure is not bad. It, it's, it's okay. And you, you need to accept that. But if you, if you have a clear, clear goal and you start thinking, what's the first thing I need to do? You will find opportunity. Like when I talk to clients, like within within an hour, there's three or four or five opportunities right in front of them that they can take a step that is that most of the time these steps take less than one to five minutes to take the teeny little things that are not difficult. And if they just take them, then they take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. 
And over time, you achieve tremendous success. That's awesome. I love that. Um, teeny tiny steps, just like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, right? When you were a baby learning to walk and you fell down a hundred times, did your parents give up on you learning to walk? <laughs> no. No. And you say that with like, how could you possibly do that? But yet in life, we do it all the time. I'll never have that. You gave up because they tried one thing and it didn't work out. That's a, that, that's the problem. Have the mentality of a parent with a kid learning to walk. <laughs> we fell down again. Okay. That's a bump and a bruise. Back up and let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Rocky, thanks so much. This has been super fun to record and, and to talk to you. And I think that the audience will find this tremendously um, useful. So um, where can the audience find you? I mean, uh, your information is going to be in the show notes um, for sure, but where can they find you? Where should they go um, to learn more about you and your business? So I have two podcasts. The first one is designed for the business owner and it's Profit Answer Man, where I just talk about the principles of profit first. So if you want to learn them, you can learn all the principles, everything I tell my clients for free. And if you want to learn about living life and, and, and really enjoying it, then my other podcast is Richer Soul. And we talk about how to create harmony in life in, in all your areas so that you do live the ultimate life. That's awesome. Um, I will post the links in the show notes. Rocky, thanks so much again for being a guest on the show. And um, any kind of last um, guide, not guidelines, but... Um, words of wisdom for the audience? Yeah, I'll give you a real simple action step that everybody can take. Go open up an account. And every month, if you're a business owner, put 1% of your revenue, top line revenue into the account. If, if you're just, you know, if you're an employee, go open an account and take 1% of your pay and put it in the account. That's it. You will not miss a dollar out of 100 at all. Every three months, add a percent to the account. You won't miss it in three months. And over time, you will build up to a very high savings rate. And as you start to see your money grow, you will start to want to do even more. That's amazing. I love that. Um, That will be in the show notes too. (laughs) Great advice. Rocky, thanks so much for, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast to join you today. Awesome.